And here we go again. Welcome to another Unconscious Update with me, your friend, Jake Hall. Joe Rogan, in the hot seat, the internet is talking shit. And like always, it gets all the media's attention and ultimately doesn't matter. Joe Rogan, he's got that tenure and he's going nowhere anytime soon. Some giant, giant fight announcements. Uh, Dan Hooker, fresh off his win of Nasrat Hakparast at uh, this last weekend's UFC 266, signs a new fight deal, steps in for Rafael Dos Anjos to face Islam Makachev at UFC 267 on October 30th. I mean, Dan Hooker just winning over hearts and minds. A man's man. And at UFC 269, we got Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz and Sean O'Malley versus Halian Paiva. Some bangers, baby. Some bangers. Uh, what's next? Some fight nights for you to look forward to. Lots of great fight nights coming up. Holloway, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. That's on November 13th. Then on December 4th, we have uh, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. And finally... Uh, getting close to the end of the year, December 18th, Chris Dawkins versus Derek Lewis meet up in a heavyweight fight if there ever was one. Uh, tonight, do not miss it, Bellator 267, uh, Douglas Lima, Michael Venom Page rematch for the ages. Should be a good one, folks. Should be a good one. And this weekend, October 2nd, UFC Vegas 38. Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker, and plenty of other goodies. And that is your unconscious update. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Whoo! Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, let's see. Where did we start off with? Um, well, one thing, one thing that I left uh, that I left out of the update, I guess, because um, it doesn't really matter. Um, we've moved on, haven't we? John Jones. Uh, they, uh, they released the audio, the security audio, calling the police during the John Jones incident. Didn't really tell us anything that we didn't know. Um, like we talked about in the last episode, uh, MMA Junkie released the police report on the John Jones incident. Gave us all the nitty-gritty details. Um, and then they uh, just recently, I think I saw it on MMA Fighting maybe, they uh, they released the police audio where the security guard at the um, what was it what was it at was it at the uh, I don't remember one of the freaking Vegas hotels um, the the security guard called the cops to let them know about the potential domestic violence cause so they they released that audio you can go out there and look at, listen to that but it doesn't really tell us anything new um, kind of all the same details that were in the police report I mean they got their police report you know it's basically just a printed version of that audio so pretty interesting stuff. And uh, like I talked about last week, you know, I'm just hoping for some consequences. So we'll see. Hopefully justice will be served and they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, we'll see. Innocent until proven guilty, I guess. Uh, Joe Rogan. I totally understand the Joe Rogan hate. I mean, you're going to get everybody in the industry loves Joe Rogan. You know, he's the king of podcasting. Um, he's just the king of MMA, king of everything right now. So hot. Joe Rogan, so hot right now. Been so hot for a while. Um, and he's pretty much untouchable, untouchable in the podcast world, untouchable in the MMA world. So ultimately it doesn't really matter. And like I said, he's got tenure, you know, I mean, he, he's been there. There's, there's no getting rid uh, of Joe Rogan. He's on such good terms with, with Dana and the UFC. Um, he's been there forever and basically just gets to do whatever he wants. And that's what he's going to do. 
he's going to do whatever he wants, and that's what he's used to doing. Um, but I get the hate, you know. It, it as of late, ever since he, I don't know, it's probably been two years now, hasn't it? That he uh, he signed his new uh, a new contract with the UFC, and uh, he signed a new contract where he was only going to do pay per views, and he was only going to do domestic pay per views. So I feel like if a lot of people didn't really know that, they felt like he wasn't showing up to events just because he didn't want to, or that he was checking out. It's like no, he intentionally decided that. He he his podcast is so successful. He's he's cranking out so much of those. He does his comedy tours all the time. He's always trying to do comedy. And uh and he's got a family, you know? And he goes hunting, you know? And he does yoga. And he gets in hot and cold showers and he's always doing all his bullshit. Uh takes up a lot of his life. Um and the traveling was just too much. So he just does domestic pay-per-views. So you're inherently going to see him less. Uh, but the, the main criticism that I think is warranted is just the quality of commentary we're getting from Rogan. Uh, you know, and it's just because I think he, he doesn't do it as much, you know, you can kind of tell, you know, he's just, that's not his main gig. This is like, it's like his probably fourth priority in life is, is the UFC events where we're back in the day. I mean, that was like the gig. You know, that was the the main thing. He was like a UFC commentator who podcasted and did comedy. Um, I think comedy's always kind of run through there. But enough of Joe Rogan. You get it. Everybody's just freaking, you know, be in the internet. You know, be in the internet. Once it once it got announced that he wasn't going to do the Nate Diaz thing because he had booked a hunting a hunting trip, and then he's not doing one of the upcoming uh, one of the upcoming pay per views because it's it's a foreign pay per view. I'm pretty sure. Um, I can't remember which one it is. I'd have to look at it. Um, but anyways, you know, it's just a stupid thing that, you know, everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about. I get it because he does seem fairly checked out. You know, he's just been podcasting too much. And a lot of the commentary just kind of he's kind of doing like he does his podcast. And then, um, but I think obviously Joe Rogan brings a lot to the table. Um, one of the best guys, one of the best guys on the commentary cast of all the commentators that that uh that really brings good jujitsu insight, really good jujitsu insight. He loves jujitsu. He's a jujitsu black belt. He really understands the intricacies of the skill set of jujitsu players. Um, and he can really walk casual fans through it really well. And he can really point out like, and make it exciting where you get a lot of guys, a, a lot of the commentators, I mean, are wrestlers at best. So they don't have like that type of knowledge that he brings for the jujitsu side. So um, uh, I, I do like that about Rogan, obviously. Um, but he can be biased. He can freaking get talk about random shit. But they all talk about random shit. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. The commentators will say lately, especially, it's just that they're saying some of the most ridiculous stuff if you really pay attention. Um, but anyways, like I said, off of that, off of that. Dan Hooker, I mean. I mean, he's just, uh, I hope he rides this train, whatever this train he's on right now. I hope he rides it for as long as he can. Because coming off of this this last week's fight over um, over Nasrat, I mean, they were getting so much attention because of their journey to even get to the fight. Nasrat losing his mother and then having, and then having, uh, uh, visa issues as well and having to come in kind of squeaking it there. And then Dan, uh, um, Dan hookers, 
uh, whole journey was just kind of screwed from the get go because of all the all the laws going on in New Zealand right now and all the lockdown shit going on over there. Um, I mean, he just had to jump through hoops and and climb ladders and and and, and swim against the current and find. I mean, did everything that he could do to show up, and it's something that he didn't have to do, and he just won over so many hearts and minds on that journey, and he was able to come and get a win. Um, and why not ride that momentum? I mean, that's everything in this game. I mean, your record, compared to your record, it's so much more. I mean, our records can be anything, and, and past performance, it, it's, it's here and now, and what are you doing for me now? And you got to jump on that momentum when you're getting it. So I totally get that. And I love that he's stepping in against Islam. I was so ready and devastated for the the RDA and Islam Makachev fight. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm I, I ride for RDA. I ride for RDA, uh, and and I love that fight against Islam. And Islam is just you know he's one of the more exciting characters. I mean, you know the Dagestani wrestlers. It's just become a it's just become a thing. You know, just become a thing. You know, and he's the new hot shit. He's the bigger Khabib. Um, and we're all asking that question. He's finally getting to the top tier. So I was really excited for the RDA fight. Super devastated that that fell through. But if anybody's got to step in, Dan Hooker is as exciting as it gets. Um, so I love that he's riding this train and getting on the, you know, keeping his momentum and, and going up there to hopefully test Islam. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a great, great test. It's going to be tough. Um, but at the same time, the same time, I like Dan Hooker. I like him. And I worry for him because... The man is, I mean, you get these guys that are so tough and put themselves through so much, and he has put himself through a lot. I mean, his last his last fights, I mean, Paul Felder, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, all, I mean, he put his body on the line. If you see, I think they played some of it in the lead-up to this Nasrat fight, but if you see that footage of of uh Dan Hooker after the Dustin Poirier fight which was you know fight of the night I mean fight of the year I think maybe I, I can't remember if it got fighting but one of the best fights of the year crazy action-packed slugfest both guys just just putting the damage on each other and you see that post-fight video where I mean he's dying I mean if, if they didn't put him in the ambulance and and take him to the hospital I mean, if that just was happening somewhere, he would die. I mean, he's dying in front of your eyes. It's brutal when you look at that. It's crazy to think about. You know, those guys, they go in there, put on that show, gladiators, crowds going wild. They walk out. Everyone's cheering them, and they just walk through the tunnel, and you just go about your business. Everybody goes out drinking after, you know, afterwards, and, and nobody's thinking about it. In meantime, that dude's sitting in an ambulance in the back of the venue like, clinging on to dear life crazy but he's put he's just taken so much damage the paul felder fight crazy amount of damage i mean those guys had at it the dustin poirier fight he almost died and then michael chandler comes in and finishes him in the first round you know so he's been just i mean he's just known for that i mean he, he he's down to do that he'll put life and limb online that's what makes him so exciting it makes him amazing you know uh, but still, it's just like, God dang, dude. I mean, the guy's years, I mean, you're you're ticking away what you got. 
and I'm just ranting. I'm just, you know, I'm just rambling here. But I, that's what I think about. That's what I think about when I think about Dan Hooker, um, those guys that go in there and just slug and slug and slug. Um, I just saw something about Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson on his podcast with Big John McCarthy was talking about, um, you know, kind of the same concept uh, that I was talking about a couple weeks back about fighters tapping the strikes. He was specifically talking about George St. Pierre tapping the strikes. Um, and But Josh Thompson was talking about he thinks that that was one of the better decisions in his career because Josh Thompson had a pers- his his fight against Tony Ferguson where he got his ass whooped and lost a ton of blood. You know, you can go watch that story where he tells the story. But, um, you know, he, he feels like that was a turning point in his career, that, like, after that he couldn't sustain the same kind of damage that he was used to sustaining, that it really did affect the trajectory of his career. Um, and he was commending George St. Pierre for, for understanding that in his fight against Matt Hughes, yeah, where he tapped, and he, and he goes ahead and taps to strikes. But because he did that, I mean, does anybody care or remember? He's still one of the greatest of all time, and he was able to kind of stay on the path that he wanted in his career um, because he just he, he saved himself that little bit of extra damage that could really affect you. So, you know, I think about shit like this. Um, nobody else probably does. But I'm excited to see Dan Hooker go in there against Islam Makachev. I mean, who's not? I mean, that's going to be a badass fight. Um, during U- UFC 267, uh, should be a fun card. Um, and the rest of these fights, I mean, the UFC 269, Pedro Munoz and Dominic Cruz, what's not to like? What's not to like? Um, and then Sean O'Malley and Holly and Paiva. This one's an interesting one. This one's a real interesting one um, because Sean O'Malley's been so outspoken about the, the the tier of fighters, the kind of quality of fights that he's looking for. He's looking to kind of, you know, he's been pretty open and honest that he's just trying to run out his contract before he starts fighting the the most cream of the crop guys. He believes he's there. A lot of people think he's a future star, uh, has all the talent in the world and want to see him up there with the best of the best. But, you know, he wants to get paid for it. So he's just going to keep ticking off guys lower on the list until he can renegotiate and then get those bigger fights. Um, and a guy like Halim Paiva is a perfect example. Perfect example. Um, and by all means, Sean O'Malley is going to be the favorite in that fight. Thousand percent. Uh, but, but Halim Paiva is experienced. And like we saw in his last fight against Kyler Phillips, huge underdog. I mean, I, I thought Kyler Phillips should have just steamrolled Paiva. I, I, was, I was so surprised. And it just shows you anything can happen in the sport. Anything. I mean, Kyler Phillips, by by all intents and purposes, should have won that fight. I I don't know if it was just a mental thing. I don't know if it was just a kind of a, a I don't know, a game plan thing. Who who knows? But uh, I feel like he really dropped the ball against against Paiva, and Paiva pounced on him, you know. And he and he he just proved that like you can't count anybody out, anybody out. I mean, the top fifteen, the top twenty guys in. The UFC, I mean, you do not realize how skilled they are, what it takes to get there, what it takes to compete there. You cannot count anybody out. Yes, yes, there are some mismatches. Yes, yes, some. We know the result before the fight even takes place. But still, you cannot count these guys out. Um, And Paiva is a perfect example. Um, But I do think, I mean, it's going to be a kind of similar situation. Sean O'Malley is going to be a heavy favorite, heavy favorite in that fight. Um, but it'll be really interesting. See if Paiva can come out and kind of prove that that wasn't a fluke, that he truly was underestimated and, and let people underestimate him in this fight again. 
Um, but that should be a really interesting fight, you know, body styles and just kind of striking styles. It should be pretty good. Um, and that'll be a fun one. That'll be, that's during 269 as well on December 11th. And then, uh, um, Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. Here's we're getting into the fight nights. These fight nights, man. Woo! We got some good fight nights coming up later this year. Um, Yair uh, Rodriguez and, and Max Holloway, something we've been looking forward to for a while now. I can't remember if that got postponed because I feel like when that got announced, we talked about it a while ago. Um, but shit, what's not to like? What's not to like? Uh, I mean, two of the most unorthodox, like creative, just dynamic strikers there are. I mean, we're, we're not going to see any ground game during that fight. Um, and, and it's just, who knows? I just, the thing with, it's the thing with right. Yeah. year is just the consistency factor. And, and like, I want him in there. I want to see him fighting. And I feel like we haven't, when's the last time you fought even, uh, but no matter what, it's just going to be the most dynamic striking matchup that, that it should be one of the most that we have in a long time. I mean, October of 2019. So it's going to be two years, two years. Um, and, and, and he was even going long stretches after he knocked out, uh, the Korean zombie, which I talked about it previously, uh, as well. I think that's the the greatest knockout of all time. I think it's the most, one of the most underrated knockouts of all time and the greatest hundred percent. Um, but he took a big layoff after that, before he fought Jeremy Stevens, then had the rematch with Jeremy Stevens. That was in 2019. So, I mean, Yair Rodriguez, we got to get him back in there. We got to get him active. And uh, I feel like that's going to probably play a factor in the fight. The long layoff, it always does. Um, it affects some guys more than others, but who knows? And Max Holloway is just, it's Max Holloway. What is there to say? So, Rob Font and Jose Aldo, love it. Love it. I'm glad Rob Font's getting the credit he deserves and getting getting up in these uh these um, kind of title contention fights. He deserves it, man, and he's as exciting as it comes. All those New England guys, I mean, I'm all about those guys right now. And then uh, Derek Lewis and Chris Dacus. I mean, I, as as excited for this fight as, as I am, I, I'm, I'm as equally kind of uh, um, sad because after Chris Dacus won his fight this last weekend at uh, 267 or 266 or whatever it was, uh, I loved, I loved him... I mean, kind of calling out Stipe, but just pointing out the fact that how perfect is that? Firefighters versus cops. I mean, why is that not happening? Why are we going to risk Chris Dacus getting flatlined by Derek Lewis, and then he's not going to get that Stipe Miocic fight? I mean, it, it can't, you can't write it better. Cops versus firemen? That's one thing, I, I, uh, yet again. Talking about Stipe being super underrated, one of the most marketable guys. I mean, has always been a fighter fighter, been a champion, one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. One of the greatest heavyweight champions, if not the greatest, and did it part-time, part-time, you know? Always went back to work at the fire station, you know? And uh, uh, and the fact that Chris Dacus is an active duty police officer right now, just it, you can't write it any better. So that, that made me just, you know, that got my nipples hard thinking about it. You know, it perked me right up thinking about cops versus firemen. But we're not going to get it. And if we're not going to get it, this is the fight to make. I love this fight. I mean, Chris Dawkins is just on a tear, man. Just doing super good, great heavyweight prospect. You know, Derek Lewis is coming off the, you know, the devastating loss in his hometown. 
Um, and it'll be interesting, interesting to see him, him come back, you know, and he just went on hot ones, you know, he's, you know, Derek Lewis can't lose. I mean, he's the people love Derek Lewis. So, um, that should be a great, great ass fight, a huge test for Chris, Chris Dawkins. I mean, really stepping up, um, going against Derek Lewis and, and like always every single Derek Lewis fight, the great equalizer, his power is not of this earth. So if you can avoid that, if, if you can be, if you can implement your athleticism and, and you can, you can mix things up and really bring a dynamic fight to, to, uh, Derek Lewis, like we know he get, he can get beat. That's exactly what Cyril Gaon does. That's exactly what, you know, most of his losses are guys that are able to do that, but you got to avoid that shot. And obviously, like we know, not everybody can do that. Uh, this weekend or tonight, tonight, Bellator 267, Michael Venom Page and Douglas Lima. You know, just stay tuned. Nothing to say here. I mean, it's just talked about a little bit last week, but it should be a, 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 an awesome fight. We want to see, we want to see, uh, com- I, would, I just want to see, we want to see what we want to see. You know what I mean? It's like, it, the, like, there's nothing disappointing about the first fight. I mean, what's disappointing about that just crazy KO? Crazy KO, where he sweeps his leg out and then knocks him out like just with that crazy little uppercut, just brutal KO. Um, but anytime you get these giant characters, like you want your money's worth, is what I'm saying. We want our money's worth. You know that, like, like, uh, like McGregor and Jose Aldo. I mean, as insane of a result, one of the most exciting results of all time. But you gotta get your money's worth. You know, I want my money's worth. What are his strengths? What are his strengths? I want to see their their strengths at play. I want to see the opponent overcome his opponent's strengths. And I want to see it play out. You know, I think that's what we all want. I think that is what I want in every single fight. Um, and that's what makes me feel like I get my money's worth. You know, having said that, who cares? It's a fight game. I mean, anything can happen. Um, and, and ultimately, as long as the judges don't screw us, as long as, you know, uh, the fighters don't, you know, ruin it with like fouls or, 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 or some kind of just controversial thing, or as long as we avoid kind of stalemates, then it's fighting baby. And I love it. I mean, that's why we love the sport. As long as I avoid though, all that bullshit, I I love the rest of it. I don't care if it's mostly grappling or striking or whatever. I just want to see it play out. I want to get my money's worth, and I want to have fun. You know, that's what it's all about. So tune in to Bellator 267, and it should happen. Uh, and then this weekend, what we got? UFC Vegas 38. Uh, Dos Santos, or no, Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker. Uh, earlier on in the night, we got Alexander Hernandez and Mike Burdine. Alexander Hernandez, fun to watch. Aspen Ladd, uh, Macy uh, Kiasin, Kiasin, I don't know. Uh, that should be a good one. Aspen Ladd's always a, a fun gal to watch. And then uh, Misha Sherkunov and Christoph Jocko. That'll be a good one. That might be a sleeper fight of the night. And this is your this is your sleeper fight of the night. I mean, anytime Nico Price fights, it's it's a sleeper fight. I mean, Nico Price is just strange. Strange guy. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's normal. But he just he's just weird. Everything about him is weird. His body's weird. His fighting's weird. You know, the way he talks is weird. He just, you know, he's just strange. And maybe I'm just, you know, I'm exaggerating here, man. The guy's a cool guy. 
and he is is just talk about unorthodox and dynamic and just strange. You know how he fights, man. Uh, I mean, some of the crazy. I mean, two finishes in the UFC from the bottom. I mean, up kick and then that crazy where he hooked the guy's head and knocked him out. I mean, he he just he can he can he's dangerous everywhere. You know, and he's going up against a veteran and Alex Oliveira. I mean, Alex Oliveira. It just depends on what Alex Oliveira shows up. Um, but man, that that could be a really that could be your fight of the night right there. And anytime Nico Price fights, it's going to be exciting. And talk about a guy that's willing to put life and limb on the line. I mean, that should be a banger of a fight. And uh, this was a pretty funny. Um, I think I saw like a, a clip of him getting interviewed. But uh, your boy Alex Oliveira got 11 kids, 11 kids just doing the damn thing um, and was giving advice to Nico Price, who has his sixth kid on the way. I mean, these guys, these guys staying active, staying active. Um, But Alex Oliveira giving Nico Price some uh, advice to get a vasectomy was uh, pretty, pretty interesting or pretty entertaining to think about because Nico had, had announced that, I think, in his last fight that his six was on the way, and they were obviously interviewing Alec because that's a lot of kids, obviously, if you don't know. So they're asking the guy who has twice as many as that uh, what his advice would be, and his advice was get a vasectomy. Uh, so pretty funny stuff. And then the co-main event, Kevin Holland and Kyle Dacus. Uh, an- another thing, another fighter, Kevin Holland, you know, what, co- what, what Kevin Holland shows up. That has been the question. I mean, since his last couple, you know, his last couple fights. I mean, he talk about a guy who had all the momentum in the world coming out of I think nineteen. I think twenty nineteen was when he fought five times. Or no, it was twenty twenty. Yeah, last year, last year in twenty twenty, fought five times, five wins. You know, knocked out Jacare, knocked out Joaquin Buckley. Exciting. You know, talks a lot in the ring. You know, and then it's just you st- you get to these top tier guys who figure you out. And his ground game, uh, he got figured out. He got figured out real quick. I mean, he can be devastating on the feet, um, but it's just what Kevin Holland's going to show up, how serious he's, is he going to take the fight, uh, and, and has he made improvements now that his holes have been exposed. Uh, and, and he's fighting a, a really good opponent in Kyle Dacus. So I, I love that co-main event. Uh, this is another one of those. This is, this is probably a sleeper fight night. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably it's it's getting a decent amount of attention. But but with some with the John Jones stuff going on, with the with the Nick Diaz stuff going on, I feel like uh, just like the last day or two, we're really getting um, any kind of marketing behind uh, behind this fight night. Um, but man, there should be some really good fights. And then Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker. Uh, Yet again, Johnny Walker, what Johnny Walker's going to show up. Johnny Walker's got all the talent in the world. He seems refocused going over there to train in Ireland at, uh, at SGB Ireland. And then, um, and he seems to be on a mission. I hope, I hope he does, man. He's got, like I said, all the talent in the world, and I want to see him do well. Uh, and, and we just got to see because he's been, he's been leaving himself open, you know, the last couple fights, uh, and, and even his last fight against Ryan Spann. I mean, he was I'm this close to getting finished like twice, multiple times, still was able to get, you know, get a finish, still was able to, you know, recover, stay composed and, and, and work his game against the fence and put Ryan Spann away. But, um, but man, you really get up there in the top tier that you can't, you can't, 
you know, leave those openings. And so it's like, is he going to be able to, to close those up and, and, and keep himself from, from being exposed like that? Um, and then Tiago Santos, man, as tough as it gets, been doing it forever. And I really do feel like Tiago Santos, though, I mean, in his fight against John Jones, let's see, where did it say? During the fight, he sustained a torn left ACL, PCL, MCL, meniscus, and a cracked tibia, along with a partially torn right meniscus. I mean, his knees is fucked up, you know, and I feel like the last two fights, it, it seems like it. He, he doesn't, he, he doesn't move, he, he didn't seem to move all that comfortably on his legs. I don't know, I mean, I don't know, that's just me, but I feel like you tear, somebody, you tear up your knee that bad, it's just, it's a question on how, how what, what's the strength like? like how, how does it affect your movement, your speed, your reaction time? So we'll see. But either way, you know, you're talking about a big, uh, you know, a big name-making fight for these two. If Tiago Santos can go in there and get a big KO again, come off of his losing streak, he's going to get right back in there with the best of them. If Johnny Walker can beat a veteran in Tiago Santos, especially in a real stylish fashion, he's going to get right up there again. So... Should be a fun one. Lots of good fights to look forward to. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.